Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by The Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, The Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Well, so I I was in the press box during the game, of course. I have not had an opportunity to re-watch this game, and I always see something different when I watch it on film, of course. So I will be giving more... uh, detailed thoughts about what I saw on film tomorrow and Tuesday more than likely into that film with you all. But what I will say as someone who watched this game from the press box and was present at the post game with Coach, Coach Freeze, excuse me, and uh, selected players is that either it's, it's difficult, right? So I'll start with the players. Either those players really feel as if, you know what, the, we've, we had to weather this storm and get through these tough games and we've got some good football ahead of us, or they're doing a really, really, really good job of faking it. Because mm. when I listened to them talk, the ones that, they, that came to the presser, they didn't seem, they seemed upset about the outcome, mm-hmm. um, but they don't seem down about the prospects of finishing strong this season. Players don't. Ones again that I heard talk during the presser. Um, and that's a good sign. That's a good sign that they have not completely abandoned hope. Coach Freeze seems very frustrated. 
And at this point, I don't know really what the plan is. Like, where do you go from here? Because it seems as if they came in and Mike, Mike actually made a comment about this during maybe it was a Samford game where it seemed as if it looked like they were holding tryouts during the game because they were shuffling in so many different wide receivers during that game. This looked like a scrimmage against Ole Miss, which is a little disrespectful to Ole Miss, I'm not going to lie, that it looked as if you were just running a scrimmage where it's like, okay, you get a series, then you get a series, and you get a series. And it seemed as if they were holding tryouts during a game um, because there wasn't very much rhyme or reason to how they were utilizing the quarterbacks during this game. I think the only thing that seemed situational was if it was third and long, Peyton Thorne was going to be the quarterback because it. what's also abundantly clear, and I think that's been clear to me and most people watching, they don't trust Robbie Ashford to throw the football this season. Yeah. Um, and he only had four passes, right? And one of those was the interception that they threw. Uh, to attempting to throw the deep route to, to VAR, right? So the trust in him to make accurate decisions with the football is not being placed there consistently in Robbie Ashford. So, and this is what I've been saying pretty much the entirety of the season. I feel as if they just need to make a commitment to a direction offensively and do that. There's, there has not been a commitment to anything. And it seems as if they've conceded that passing the ball is not going to be something either of these quarterbacks are going to do well. And so let's just take passing off of the – which, listen, Peyton Thorne ran the ball fairly well yesterday. I have to give him credit for the opportunities that he took to run the football. He actually made one defender look silly on a run where he kind of juked him out on the edge. Peyton Thorne ran the ball well yesterday. They have stripped away this passing offense completely. They've taken it out of the hands of the quarterbacks. They've taken decisions out of the minds of the wide receivers. They have dumbed down. This is what we're seeing offensively right now. This isn't a Hugh Freeze or a Philip Montgomery offense. This is like page one of installations all over. Like they're, they're going back to day one install offense at this point in time of some elementary form of this, like this, and this is, this is going to feel like a shot at him. So forgive me if you're a fan of this man and you're tired of me doing this. This feels like a very Gus Malzahn offense where it has been dumbed down to the most basic level of concepts that have become ridiculously easy to defend. For any defense that can read keys you can defend this offense because they're not giving you anything to look at. They're, they're not going in motion very much to try to give you any eye candy. They're not really playing inside out with like running. They're not even running like east, west and giving you any jet motion. None of that. They're doing none of that stuff, man. They have made this offense so easy to defend. And I have to now think that they have decided we just we can't do any of the stuff that we want to do, so we're just going to surrender. We're not we're not going to try anymore because I, they they feel frustrated with trying to do stuff that they're not executing. I could be wrong. 
I could be completely wrong. And I haven't watched the film back on any of this stuff. This is a knee-jerk reaction based upon what I saw from the booth yesterday. Is, it, is what I'm saying sounding crazy to anybody, though? No, no. What uh, I see what you see. I see them having given up on anything but very, very basic things. I don't know if it's a... It, it feels like the coaching staff's concession that... It almost feels like we don't believe in you guys. So let's just hold your hand. And no matter how bad it looks or how how up, upset it makes people, we're just going to do what we think you can execute. And if that makes us elementary, if that makes this easy to read, easy to defend, if it means we don't throw the ball, we don't even try to, to stretch a defense, oh well. This is just what it's going to be. It's that I think that's what bothers me, though. That's what bothers me is it seems to be a lack of faith in players. And again, I made this point last night on the show. And it was, again, the idea came from uh, Pablo Escoberna, his tweet earlier in the week that said, I watched a bare bone staff do more with less in less time than Hugh Freeze has had his hands on this offense and less players as far as just quantity of he got to pick some people to come in who, and do this. Mm -hmm. Cadillac didn't get to choose who was going to be on the offense. He just, okay, this is what we got left. Cool. We were already down to what? Third string center. A bunch of guys who had not cut it so far in their collegiate careers as far as who was playing on the offensive line. And he made, give us some offense. Just give us some offense. Give us a chance to be productive and move the ball up and down the field. Hugh Freeze, with his offensive experience, Phil Montgomery, with his office, offensive experience, I refuse to believe that Cadillac, as a running back, it's not that he knows offense better than Hugh Freeze and Phil Montgomery. This is a choice by the coaches to concede any attempts to modify the offense to a point where it makes sense for what you do have and make us look competitive on this level this year. That decision, this, that, again, let me repeat myself in this way. That does not mean I don't think that the coaches who are here cannot be good coaches for us going forward. Clearly, as much as Hugh Freeze has harped on talent and the value of increasing the talent level in the program, it seems like he is trying to set himself up for the future. He is, as I called it last night, this is a punt. This is a full-out punt. We are down... Nine and it's fourth and eleven, and you go. Nah, nah, we just just gonna just go ahead, just just give him the game. We're not gonna we're not gonna win this game. That's what this feels like. That decision feels like. I don't. I if I was a player, I would be upset with that. That that's what I really feel like. You're losing the players who are here. Obviously, not the players who you are recruiting, because there's a message to be sent that. You see, I don't have what I need yet. You're what I need, and this looks completely different. We all thought that uh, we needed to show something on the field to convince more recruits to get on board and stay on board. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe proof of concept is something where you put on some tape and show what you've done over the course of your career from you know 2014 until now if you're Hugh Freeze, and, and that's all you need. Maybe maybe so. Maybe the promise of, of NIL and and... You know, development is something that you can sell based on who you are and based on what Auburn is doing right now with NIL. Okay, maybe that's enough. I hope that's enough for his sake. And I understand why next year he feel he may feel better about that. They've punted on the kids this year, though, and on the fans and, and everybody who comes to these games who who 
covers these games, who enjoys these games, we have this embarrassing product week after week after week. The defense out there playing their heart out. The, the defense gave us what we needed to win that game yesterday. But the offense, again, didn't. And I just can't help but feel like it's, in, it's, in, it's somewhat intentional. Or at least it's, it's a lack of intention to change it wholesale enough to make a significant difference. And that's what's disappointing. Yeah, and I, you know, I've had people who have commented that, and, and, and they've been in our comments on videos talking about the reason why we have not moved in the direction of, you know, a more firm rushing attack as being in the forefront is that Coach Freeze uh, needs to be able to advertise that we can throw the ball. But where are we doing that? Where Where's the advertisement for us being able, like, we're not even showcasing an inept passing attack, meaning we're attempting to throw the ball and we're not making the connections. We're barely throwing the ball. Right. I don't know, like, and but yet and still not committing fully to the, it is the weirdest thing in the world yeah. that we have not, and when I say by commitment to the run, I don't mean just turning around and handing the ball off on first and second down. I mean, having a an attack that is centered around the run, similar to what we talked about with uh, what they did last season in those final four games, that employs a variety of ways that you want to get those running backs involved in the rush offense. And actually utilizing a concerted effort to run the ball to then be in a play-action scenario on downs where it's not obvious that you need to be able to throw the ball, right? So if you come out and you you have success running the ball, then on first and second down, you can play action because it's like, oh, they just going to run the ball on second down. Boom. You hit them with play action on on that, and now it's it's a different thing. I have not seen a commitment yet to anything, to yeah. any player, that we feel like is a prime playmaker to any quarterback that we feel like has the competence to run the offense. There, there is zero offensive commitment to anything yet. And I just can't imagine that. And maybe it is because again, I don't know, I, but I can't imagine that we're so talent deficient that we can't commit to anything. There should never be a season where Auburn doesn't have the talent to at least win seven, eight, nine games. That that should never happen as a as a program that is top fifteen in all of co- like all time in college football. Yeah. Talent should never be the issue. And you know, you bring up the whole like can't commit to a quarterback. There should I don't understand the whole put Robbie in for first and second down, take Thorne out for third and six, and then call some passing play where apparently we don't have the wide receivers to to actually get open. So now Peyton Thorne goes in on third and six, takes a sack, goes in completion, doesn't convert on third down. And in him having more trust in Peyton Thorne on third downs is making the fan base have less trust in Peyton Thorne on third downs because we're not getting that level of – no one is seeing what Hugh Free sees in Peyton Thorne. And, and – the whole offense just didn't mesh well last night, no matter who was in at quarterback. And that's me saying that from uh, the president, of the Robbie Asher fan club, neither quarterback was doing anything extremely well last night. And I can't even say that they played terrible because they didn't. I think the, the play calling was just horrifically bad. And I just, if you commit to a quarterback, you can start opening the offense up more. If you put Robbie in for the, put Robbie in for the entire game, 
don't take Robbie out just because you think he can't pass the ball. He he passed the ball well when he first when they let him throw those first three passes up until the interception. He had he was three for three and he right. got a first down because he threw the ball to a curl route. You can have a short intermediate passing game with Robbie Ashford and still run your RPO, but now you're putting in Peyton Thorne to try to run this intermediate to deep ball. Uh, offense that you don't have apparent to Hugh Freeze. You don't have the guys to run, but you still want to stick to it because you know maybe maybe Shane Hooks will get open. But Shane Hooks, I don't even think got a target last night. Jay Fair only got one catch last night. I think Rivaldo Fairweather wasn't even heard of until the fourth quarter. Like you have the dudes who are uh, advertised as a re- as like your dudes on offense, but. The way you're scheming up, the way your quarterbacks can't get confident because they can't stay in for more than more than a dr- more than a drive at a time, you you all you're doing is you have a target in front of you and you keep aiming at the at your foot. That is what Hugh Freeze did last night. He he is not trying to move this offense because he is trying to like I, I love how he's caught it a scrimmage and I love the disrespect towards Ole Miss. It, it <laughs> it's the one positive uh, of the night. You know, you do that and uh, make make Ole Miss feel less than they are. But going forward, Mississippi State has a decent defense. Uh or at the very very bare minimum, Arkansas is just we look like Arkansas. I, I was paying attention to that game a little bit. Auburn and Arkansas are the same team this year. The only difference is that they're about to fire their head coach. We have about two more years with ours. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So KJ Jefferson is a combination of Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford in all the worst ways. You're saying because they have one quarterback that is doing nothing. And yeah. we have two quarterbacks that are effectively doing that. And they have a defense that's been absolutely wasted on a on a lackluster offense. I mean, and they lost that that game that happened, uh, seven to three loss to Mississippi State. They lost because their defense was getting stopped, but their offense wasn't moving the ball. Auburn lost last night because their defense could get stops and did for a majority of the game, but the offense couldn't get on the board. 
Well, let's let's get into talking about all of this stuff, though, before we get into the break. Actually, um, before we get into the break, I'm going to go to the comment section. When we come back from the break, we'll get into doing some grades because I know everybody likes assigning grades to stuff. As always, let's start with Super Chat. So first and foremost, Walt Taylor appreciates you. says, AU Defense, uh, he's got two different ones here. So this is one of two. First uh, half drive, third and 22, gave up a 21-yard run. That was so dis- uh, disappointing. Also, two other explosive plays were called back. Second drive, second and eight, gave up a 35-yard pass. First and 10, gave up a 29-yard run. This is similar to what happened versus LSU. His second one here is the Auburn defense. In the second half, first drive, first and 10, gave up a 16-yard run. Fourth drive, third and three, gave up a 29-yard pass. First and 10, gave up a 24-yard pass. Fifth drive, second and 15, gave up a 28-yard run. Second and nine, gave up a 36-yard pass. So outlining the things that the defense could have done better to help us out in this game, we will definitely get into that as we start to do our grades for our defense. But thank you for the statistical breakdown of places where the defense broke down, Walt. Um, Another one here from Walt who says, Auburn's rushing less uh, Auburn's rushing less hunters, 53 yards, 38, uh, rushes, I'm assuming for a hundred yards, uh, 2.6 average Auburn passing less, uh, hunter 47 yards, uh, 11 of 16. I don't think that's hunters anyway, uh, 69%, 75 yards, 6.8 yard average, uh, pedestrian numbers for sure. Um, I think there were some mistakes in there somewhere with names, but I, uh, Frankie Freeze, the players haven't lived up to the standard, to be honest. This is an interesting comment because the players haven't lived up to the standard. I I don't, again, I don't feel as if the player, and this, I am including Peyton Thorne in this. I don't feel as if the players have been put in optimal positions to be able to highlight what they do well. So it's difficult, like, the, you know, there's a lot of adages that are out there when you, you know, you you don't have a plan, then you're planning to fail. Uh, I don't think that you can be set up for failure and expect success. And I don't feel as if we've set our offense up for success with the way that we're deploying much of anything. I, I don't I don't feel that way. Again, yeah. I am not in practices. I don't know where they see limitations in people and say, Yo, man, like we just really can't do this because this guy, like we don't have a single wide receiver that can run this route consistently. So, you know, we can't scheme this way. We don't have five guys up front that can block consistently enough for us to run this type of thing. We don't have a single quarterback on this team that can throw these routes that we're asking them to do consistently enough. So, we just need to scrap all of that because I can't find 11 guys that can go out here and consistently and do all the stuff that we need to do. So I, I just don't, I don't know that I feel like that's true, that we can't find 11 guys that can go out onto the field and be productive. That feels like a farce to me. Like, I just don't understand. Considering we, from a talent perspective, by everyone's account, not just me, not people on this show, from everyone's account, we are more talented this year than we were last year. If anybody feels we are less talented this year, but we're seeing less production, then how do you blame the talent for, again, wins and losses? I'm not talking about wins and losses. You could still play better than this and have lost all four of the games that we're talking about. That is 100% plausible. I'm not blaming 
that on wins and losses. I'm talking about productivity within the chalk out there. How are we being so pedestrian with more talent? That's baffling to me. Uh, Robert Guy says they need to stick with the quick passing game mixed with run and utilize tempo because the defense has more than shown they can get off the field. Um, yeah, I do think that the defense has shown up in a lot of ways this year. The defense has some things that they definitely need to get better at. Like those third and long scenarios that we are consistently giving up are, if you think about this, if you take away and you can't do this, and I, I'm not trying to rewrite the history of the game, but if Auburn is better on third and long in that game, Ole Miss almost doesn't score. Like they almost don't get a score that entire game. But because you have some sort of some sort of lapse on third and long, of all the places to have a mental lapse, third and long, you end up in a scenario where they're able to put points on the board. But if you get off the field on third down, and, and it was early in the game, so it's not about being tired that early. That's mental right. at that point in yeah. time. And then you buckle down in between there after they get, get a couple scores. You're forcing them off the field. You're getting turnovers. You're doing all the stuff that you're supposed to do. Then you get into a fatigue thing, right, because your offense isn't giving you anything. Right. But early in the game to have those kind of lapses, same thing, you know, what Wall was talking about early in the LSU game, like you you – the first drive, LSU just marched the ball down the field. That's not being tired. You just didn't come in focused. But you're able to get stops later in the game once you settle in. Our defense, for whatever reason, in these last two games specifically, very high-powered offenses have been taking too much time to get settled into the game. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Weaver says, JF3, uh, Jeremy John Johnson, Franklin. and Sean White flashbacks. Actually, you know what? Let me um, let me cape a little bit for Sean White right here. Mm. In 2015, when Jeremy Johnson had a terrible start to the year, Gus got to the bye and we took a road trip to Kentucky on a Thursday of all of all times. Sean White played admirably with obvious limitations in the offense, and again later that season at Arkansas. Actually, we lost that game in overtime, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. He threw for like 300-something yards. Sean White was a gamer and a competitor in a way that I don't see out of... If you're talking physicality and, and skill set, then I see Sean White in, in Peyton Thorne. Like, they kind of remind me of each other. Not a lot of arm strength, not a lot of velocity. He's not going to really attack downfield a lot, but... He was willing to run, willing to scamper and get those yards. I see a lot of them, but Sean White had something else. Now, we eventually, he kind of had some off-the-field things that caught up with him, but he was a gamer, and he seemed to have the, the it for the moment. He just didn't have the physical tools to be great, but he was fine. I'd I take a Sean White right, right now. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if I can commit to that. <laughs> I don't know. That, that might be too far of a stretch. Uh, you, do you do you remember the Sean White years? Too much. <laughs> I remember the season too too well. The 2016 year that that year. We went eight and four. It didn't feel like it. It, was, it didn't feel like it. But yeah. what? See, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Because it wasn't him making all these splash plays. People feel like ah, he wasn't that good. He was he was decent. Sean White was, I, so I will say Sean White was a serviceable quarterback, but his yeah. problem definitely was he didn't have a ton of arm strength. So right. 
and and but here, here again, I, I know it seems like crap on Gus Malzahn Day from Ike, but the problem is Gus was asking him to do a lot of plays that were slow developing, deep shots down the field, and that's not what his arm was built for. Right. You're asking him to do stuff that doesn't really fit what he's capable of doing on a consistent basis. Right. And that's not beneficial for your offense to make it move in a productive way. So it comes back down to how you're scheming stuff for guys. Yeah. Uh, I also, Quentin. I also vaguely, very much remember every time Sean White ran the ball and he tried to slide, he would just plant his feet into the, into the dirt and then just, it's crumpled over. <laughs> just fall yeah, face he was not and I was like, I need to stop. He was terrible at sliding. That is for sure. Um, Quinn says Renfro says feels like Hugh and Mont's and me speaking of Montgomery have completely different playbooks and personnel groupings. They are just taking terms like it was the plan the whole time, rotating too much everywhere, including play caller. This is something that I heard that they said on the broadcast. Of course, I wasn't listening to it, um, but it does very much look as if. There is a Robbie Ashford package and there's a Peyton Thorne package as far as personnel groupings and how they're deploying those. And they were almost literally flip-flopping back and forth every drive. Like it didn't matter how successful the previous drive was with the what the other quarterback, they were going back to the other guy the next drive to do the other thing. And to me, that does not, I, I don't know how you, allow an offense to be successful doing that like that feels that does that doesn't feel like an offense that just again it felt like a scrimmage it felt like they were just it felt it was a day that that might as well have been an a day game that we just saw except it was the you know when he talked about he would rather scrimmage another team than playing uh, an inner uh squad scrimmage we just witnessed a day in the middle of the season where they were like, all right, cool. It's your turn. And we're going to run some stuff with you. Now it's your turn. And we're going to run. We were getting prepped this game for Mississippi state. And they were like, all right, which one of those two game plans that we like best. that we think we could run the whole game versus Mississippi. Like it, it, it felt like a practice, man. I'm sorry. Don't forget the Holden Gurner po- package we got yesterday. Oh, oh, I don't want to. I don't. Uh, we're gonna get into it, man. Jeez. Each package is like one page each. Like they ran oh, the same three plays with Robbie. God. They ran the same three plays with with Thorn. I don't understand if you're gonna give Robbie a chance, give him give him hooks, Valdo, and and Jarquez. If you want to prove the the world that you don't want to start Robbie, give at least give him the same offense you're gonna give Thorn. Well, I mean, I just think that they should just run a, an offense, run a an offense, and it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If you're if you're true, like if you're truly trying to figure out what you've got, run the same offense with both guys and decide who runs that offense better, right? Like, but I whatever. Cameron Carr says, Damari Austin says, stay with them, says they aren't done yet. I'm gonna ride with him. Not gonna give up. War Eagle. Uh, listen, man. If the team hasn't given up, I know there's a lot of people, be will included apparently, who are off of football season already, but we still have an opportunity to go eight and four this season. Like, let's be clear. Is it plausible? Is it plausible? No, it's not plausible. But the games still have to be played. How many of y'all um, had USC losing? I did Wait, too, but to Carolina. Oh, I was hoping. I, I didn't like pick it, but I was definitely hoping. Yes, my son is down there going crazy. I, I'm a known uh, Ute supporter. 
uh, they're my Pac-12 yeah. team, so I had to pick them. Oh, that's, that's a little the landing that's team. That's a little different. That's a little different. You you are you you support that team. Anybody who is not a Utah fan, how many people thought that they were going to win that game? It, what I, I don't think that there was a lot of non-Utah fans that thought that they were going to win that game. Not hoped. I'm talking about I, in your mind, you was like, if nah. you had asked me to pick it, then I would have picked Utah just off the strength of what they've been able to do yeah, defensively I to control you. I, that, because I'm, they, I'm in that that's same a pattern. They, that's won, a pattern. They, they beat the uh, they beat that crappy defense with a pig farmer, according to. Uh, Kyle Whittingham, uh, that Utah is just exactly what I would love the Auburn team to be a very strong defense that just kind of needs their offense to be serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. Utah's only lost one game though. There was, there was nothing to indicate that they weren't going to be competitive. Like I I don't know why people sold, I guess, but you know me, their offense, Lincoln Riley's overhyped. USC's overhyped. Kayla Williams overhyped. I I didn't buy that Kool-Aid. So yeah. Yeah. Drake Barefoot says, how are they not putting Sean Jackson in on third and short or fourth and one? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Why take out the running quarterback on on running downs? Give me your give me your power back, your most powerful back, in with your running quarterback. How about that? You know, just maybe. Philip Montgomery playbook is just long horse steakhouse menu. That's <laughs> not. I mean, that's a funny joke. I don't think, of course, that overrated steakhouse for an overrated offensive coordinator. Whoa, 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 whoa.